Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 216. That's 216. It is the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah, and joining me at uh, well, very close to the witching hour from a, I was going to say a car park outside Nottingham Forest, but I think that just just discussed with Mr. Liam Keane that it, it used to be a car park and now you now you're roadside the commitment to the cause to to record the second part of our podcast that will be that will be you'll be listening to first tonight for the first 20 minutes it's all a little bit confusing you're there i'm not there but the most important of all wolves have got a win and Liam Keane you are live Hello, come on, Liam King. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yes, I am here. I was, just, I was letting you do your, your, you know, your long intro. I thought I was enjoying your Dorset tones for a second, <laughs> even, even with the cough. <laughs> what is going on here? Oh, what a sh- well, I mean, shambles of a start. It is shambles of a start. Well, well, just to let you know, I'm not at the game tonight. Um, I, I, I wasn't feeling very well a couple of days ago, actually. Um, and then uh, to, to let you in, I, I, I was. I was rough yesterday. Many people would say I'm rough generally, but I was mm. rough yesterday. So um, did one of those lateral flow tests at home, negative, fine. Then I thought, the missus was like, look, you better go and do one of these proper COVID tests. So I did my little drive-by, um, went oh, through, drive did by. my test. Oh, <laughs> I did a drive-by, mate. You know me, synonymous with a drive-by, me. Um, and uh, yeah, got my results this morning and, and negative, but but didn't really want to go to Nottingham tonight and infect the rest of the, rest of the beautiful journalists and peeps there. Uh, with this horrible forty-hour flu, so so not there, but you were there, Liam. And um, look, I mean, goodness me, we said they played they played well twice and lost, but oh, that second half was it was bloody glorious, son. Certainly, certainly was. And as you said, I am currently sat uh, on the side of the road in Nottingham on a what is probably a dodgy area, um, almost at midnight. But I tell you what, I'm glad I'm not doing it after a loss. Oh, uh, right. I'd be doing I, t- it. I tell you what, I tell you what, when it was nearly at half time and Forrest had a decent chance after the break, and I'm like, Ooh. oh no. I'm like, oh no. Don't it, you oh. dare. It Don't had it rain all dare. over it, didn't it? That chance oh. at that post. Oh my oh, good dear. God. Oh my good God. It was real close. It was real close. But, um, you know, all, all due credit to Wolves. I mean, they were, mm. they, they dominated. You know, there's a few caveats. It was a young inexperienced 10 changes forest side but you know you've got to beat what's in front of you and a few you know journalist colleagues around me made a very good point that Wolves have been very guilty in the past of not beating those teams regardless mm-hmm. of the changes sure. um, and they've gone out there they've dominated forest from start to finish bar a five minute ten minute span at the beginning of the second half and other than that they you know they've put them to the sword but you're right you know getting through the half time at nil nil missed a few chances thinking Oh, it's going to be one of those days. I was thinking penalties all day long. It's going to be one of those yeah. days. Yeah. But, 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 I mean, going into that second half, um, I, I think, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to go straight out with it. Daniel Podence, I thought, was absolutely superb tonight. Yeah. I'm just yeah, going to throw his name out straight away. I might, have to, I might have to caveat that with, later on in this podcast, you might hear us from this afternoon saying, Podence has probably got a chance of the be- outside chance of the bench <laughs> on Saturday. Which he probably, Sunday, which he probably has, to be fair. You might see him on the bench on Sunday. But I, I was, it was a bit of a surprise, I it think, was. that he was straight into the starting lineup tonight for a lot of people. Um, you know, I thought he might be in contention, but to go in and, and start straight away and get, you know, a good hour under his belt was, was great news. And, you know, you talk about um, Traore, which you're going to come on to in a little bit. But if you can if you can keep the likes of, of Adama Traore, if you can have Daniel Pedence, if you've got, you know, Trincao and you've got Jimenez, Pedence... 
we haven't seen the best of Daniel Pedence, but there is definitely a player in there. And the best thing for me seeing that game tonight, Liam, is that he's smiling. The team was smiling. They were enjoying. They were enjoying the football. They were enjoying the possession. They were enjoying the shots. Everybody was loving it, and it's great to see that. You know, great to see them having a bit of fun. Oh, certainly, without a doubt. You, you, you're right. It was a bit of a surprise to see Podence come in. Um, he, uh, to be honest, in some ways, a bit of a surprise that he travelled uh, in the first place. I think uh, Bruno kept that one under his hat a little bit, um, but and particularly a surprise that he started. But he was um, he was sharp. He looked really sharp. He, he actually, Bruno said that after the game, he was only meant to get forty five minutes, and he spoke to him at half times, and you know. Daniel wanted to stay on. He wanted he, he wanted you know another 15, 20 minutes, and and that's what he got. And he, and he deserved um, the goal as well uh, after a few of the chances he, he had. And and you're right, it, there was a, a real feel good factor around around the squad. You can see the reactions to the size first goal. Um, mm. You can see even just the reactions in the build up to Podence's goal, where Fabio Silva does wonderfully well to win yeah, the ball back. Yeah. He just he was hassling those defenders all night long. Um, it, it would have been nice to see him get a goal, of course it would, but he, he really put the hard yards in and deserved to um, to, to get the full the full game. And, and and you know just before the first goal went in, Trincao and Jimenez were about to come on. Um, and obviously Trincao did about 10 minutes later, but they were about to come on. And, and I was think, thinking that Fabio's night was probably over. Um, mm. And then the goals go in and he and he gets the full game and he deserved the full game in the end because he really yeah. did work hard. And and that was, um, and that's, I wouldn't say it's a difference from Nuno's team because, you know, they've always been a hard work inside. But I think you've hit the nail on the head with the smile. There was a real feel-good factor about the team. And you, you could see it was coming in these first two games in the Premier League. They were going to finally put a team to the sword. Um, and regardless of who the opposition are, they've got to beat who's in front of them. And they finally have put a team to the sword. It was coming and it only took three games. And I think that's a good sign. Absolutely. The biggest, uh, biggest domestic win since they returned uh, to the Premier League. And, and look, it's just nice to see someone taking the competition Pretty seriously, you know. He says Bruno said after in his post-match comments, he, you know, all all everything that they play for, he takes very seriously. And Wolves have been um, culprits of not doing that, especially in the Carabao uh, in in recent times. And and we say, you know, later on in this potty that that a trophy wouldn't it be great to win a trophy if you can finish mid-table this season and get to a final or win, you know, a domestic trophy that would be absolutely superb. And there's no reason why they can't. And and already, already, and you, you've talked to Liam about about the Southampton debacle that Nuno got wrong last season. But already in this, you know, in this competition, they've done what they've done what probably Nuno hadn't in the last two or three seasons. And we'll see what the draw is, and, and we'll see, you know, who, who, you know, what happens. But it sounds to me like he really wants to give give this competition, and I'm sure the FA Cup, a good go. And that's just great. Wolves fans don't ask a lot. Of their, you know, of their teams, sometimes they just want them to give a good go, and 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 I think if they ever run in this competition, that that'd be fantastic. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you, you'll hear me say it a bit later in this podcast from the bit we recorded earlier today, but I really do value the cup competitions personally, uh, and I'm glad that Bruno seems to as well. Um, in some ways, his hands force slightly because he, um, you know, he's got a small squad, and, and unless he does what. Uh, Nuno did against Villa and play, you know, all the kids. Um, then essentially, he's going to have to play a fairly decent team like he did tonight. Um, but the fact that he's done that, you know, he he had a ready-made excuse, didn't he, tonight to to go in and play your Cundles, your Campbells, play a load of yeah. the kids, yeah. play a load of the kids, play Marquez, players like that. He had a ready-made excuse, ready to to do it, and he didn't. And that's that's the sign I want to see because I think Wolves have got a real good potential in the cup competition. I think it could be a real saving grace of the season. 
Yeah, a bit like I think it was a couple of seasons ago when they went to Villa, Catroni was up front. They exactly, played a very yeah. weak side, something along. But you're, you're exactly right in what you say. Um, who else did well tonight, Liam? From your, I mean, I thought Ryan Outnoy, especially in the first yep. half, was was excellent. Uh, they did go for three at the back. I think some people would have maybe liked to see a four, but they went for three at the back. Um, but Ryan Outnoy, I mean, he's 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 definitely an option on that left hand side if and when they go to a four four two, isn't he? I mean, I know Marcel's done very well, and and probably you're you know you probably steady head if it's going to be a big game and I'm sure we'll see Marcel um, you know, on the left against Manchester United however against teams that you want to attack and that you're probably going to have the majority of possession isn't someone like Ryan Outnori the perfect person to have on that left hand side I think so. I mean, they. Um, I think Forrest, I think that was the first time this season they played a five at the back, and you, you could tell really because there was acres of space for Aitnori to run into. Um, and Bruno even had a chat with him on the sideline mid game at one point as he was sort of trotting past him um, and was it was pointing up into that far corner saying, just don't even worry about defending, just sit up there mm. because mm. Wolves had the ball, they were dominating the ball so much, they had so much possession, and there was so much space in behind that Aitnori got onto. And you're right, in the first half particularly, but I thought all game as well, he was very, very very good. Um, he stood out for me. I don't think there was any bad performances, to be honest. I think the back um, the back three did well, but you know, against let's be honest, very limited resistance. Lewis Graven was absolutely dreadful tonight for not <laughs> for not supposed. I, I, I did a little tweet that had a bit of a you know slagging him off a little bit, uh, and I was thinking, oh god, if he scores the winner, <laughs> I almost didn't tweet him with the thought, no, he's not going to score. He was absolutely dreadful. But the back three. Did well. Um, eight I, tell you, I tell you who loves a game of football. Jean Moutinho loves a game of football midweek just, away at Forest. Just about to mention him. Just about to mention him because uh, we, I've been a little bit critical of him in the sense that I do think his legs are going. I don't think he's you know he's got ninety minutes to you know even once a week, let alone two, twice a week in him at the moment. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to see him start, and I'll be honest, he he, he played really well. He a few lovely dink passes over the top for Podence that almost came off. Um, just ran the show really and he'd saved having to play Ruben Neves now I was expecting Neves to, to play um, but it saved having to play him and uh, you know against a, I get a weak Forest team but he was able to get on the ball and dictate the play Bruno was getting a little bit frustrated at times with um, Dendonka and Moutinho not playing those decisive passes forwards there was a few square passes particularly in sort of the second half of the first half mm-hmm. um, where they it sort of died down a little bit Um but that's the you know the high expectations that uh, that Bruno's putting on these players. He wants them to have tempo. You, you'll read in my piece on the website right now that he was talking about passing tempo going forward. He, he wants it to be intense and and uh, and decisive. So um, so that you know there's a few things to work on. But overall, you know, very good. And you're right, Moutinho had a good game, uh, and there was no real bad performances. Um, I think Mid- uh, Morgan Gibbs White was a little bit quiet in the first half. Came into it more in the second and took his goal very very well. For Fabio worked extremely hard, uh, and Podence uh, probably the pick of the bunch for me. I thought he was superb. And loads of fans there. I think you, you probably saw them, saw half of them at Hooters beforehand, Liam, as well. You, you went in there for a few chicken wings before before pre-match meal. No, I, w- I wish I did. I wish I did. There's no point in me going in there to get chicken wings when I can't taste anything still. So. Oh man, you still uh, can't taste anything. No, I'm playing the I'm playing the violin. I um, I mean, I've had a couple uh, sandwiches at um, at Forest that they very kindly put an offer. Um, and you know, I mean, what I, were they like? They, they were drab, weren't they? Those no, lo- come on, lovely oh, texture. Come on. Lovely texture. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know anything else. I can't smell. I can't taste. It's been about twelve days now, and it's it's uh, it's a bit unbearable, to be honest. Oh, mate, that is terrible news. Um, right. I mean, look, really good, really good to get the win and to and to score some goals. And, and like you say, you know, 
Raul wasn't needed in the end, which is, which is good because we want him fully rested. And Raul Jimenez doesn't doesn't need any boosted to to know he knows where the back of the net is, no problem. So um, so it's good that someone like him could be could be rested. But a person who did come on, um, I mean, talk 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 about literally the last person you want to see come on the pitch of your forest is Adama Traore, and 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 Large said uh, some very interesting news. Not one hundred percent guarantee, but but some very encouraging news post match. Yeah, certainly, and in the tone of the way he said it, it was it was rather firm as well. To be fair, um, so at first he was asked, you know, is there has there been a bid? Obviously, the, we everyone, we all know about the interest from Spurs in in Traore. Uh, he was rather coy with that one. Said, um, I, I don't know anything, <laughs> and then and then went on a bit of a tangent talking about you know. Adama on the, you know him being fouled all the time and it, it was a bit of a, a strange response to be honest because he, he sort of just went on a bit of a tangent on something that wasn't really relevant mm-hmm. um, but then you know we, we got him back on track and asked um, and asked you know do you expect to see him um, as a Wolves player at the end of the transfer window and his response yeah I think so straight up uh, and then went on to explain how you know which is the obvious really that he wants to he wants a competitive team and to have that you need to keep your best players um, so it was pretty, um, you know, pretty firm from him. Uh, obviously, you know, he hasn't come out and said he's one hundred percent definitely staying at Wolves. Sure, player because it's and he it's, said it, everybody's got a price. He, he said exactly. that many times as well it, when he's been asked about Neves. It'd be naive. It'd be naive to come in with with sure. and, and go. You know, this is one hundred percent happening. And then you know, a week's time he goes. It, you know, it makes him look silly, and and it won't be the fans won't be happy with that. But of course. Yeah. What he has said, the fans are very happy with right now, and if they can keep hold of him, they'll be very happy in a week's time as well. Um, it was a rather firm response with a little bit of a, a little bit of leeway too. Sure, um, but it's it's a good sign certainly, and, and everything we're you know I'm being told that we're being told at the moment is that Spurs are interested certainly, um, but as it stands right now, they're not putting their neck out to to put up the kind of money that it would take for Wolves um, to let him go. Okay, we're going back to the future now because we did, I did ask you this question later on in the podcast, which was earlier <laughs> on. So I'm going to ask you the same question again. And people will be able to piece it together. And go, okay, I get that because they filmed it earlier on anyway. But um, Liam, a week, a week, to, a week, well, a week and ten minutes, and then we're recording a week and ten minutes um, in the future. Transfer deadline day is over. Is Adama Traore yes or no a Wolves player? Ignore my answer from earlier. He's still oh. a Wolves player. <laughs> oh, he said he's changed it. He's changed it. He's changed it. Interesting. I'm just going, eh, what? What? Well, listen to the pod and you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it later on. But that intre- very interesting. Um, look, if we can keep him and get top additions, which he said again tonight, top quality. He keeps on referring to the, you know, these are not, not just signing any old irons. Great advert, by the way. No, before your time, any old <laughs> irons? No? I've got no idea what you are. Any, any, any old irons? No? Okay, fair enough. You some are, people, you some are people old, know. Are some people will. You are getting on some. <laughs> Don't make me laugh because I'm <laughs> Some people will will get that. Um, top top quality players. So and, and look, he, he's completely right because if you are going to sign, you want you want to sign quality, Liam. You don't want to sign just people just to fill out a squad. That's that's not what you want to do. Oh, certainly, yeah. They they need um, some quality additions, and you know they are going to have um, some good news. They've got uh, obviously Poland's backing from injury. Uh, the update tonight was that um, Bolly is potentially in line for making the squad at least for Manchester United, but he, you know he's not far off. Uh, Mosquera is going to be one or two weeks away or so. Um, so they are getting these players back, which is you know which is great for the squad uh, and great for Wolves and great for Bruno. Um, 
very they quickly. do need they do need a few though, don't they? Exactly. Very quick before I say that as well, just update on Pedro Neto. Um, well, I was going to come on to that next, I, but you know what? Can... No, no, I'll wait. I'll let you. I'll let you. Okay. Uh, I'll let you lead me, sir. But um, in, but, in no, but in terms of actual, you know, the, improving that squad in that ne- in that next week, they do need a couple of quality yeah, players right. in there, don't they? If you're going to yeah. if you're going to back the manager and look, the the signs that we've seen in these three games is that. He's got a philosophy. He's got a style. He's got the fans on his side. He's he's kind of got the players on his side as well. Yeah. You know, I think they're they're enjoying it. Like I say, they're enjoying playing for him. An amazing support again from the fans traveling to Forest. Um, I can see him being a real crowd pleaser because of the style and the way this team are playing, which is which is in, incredible, really. When you you've played two, lost two in the league, and you know you, you've you've beaten Forest, who yeah, okay, they're, they're they're pretty awful, but at the same time, you know the signs are there that uh, that we could be seeing some really enjoyable free flowing football. Exactly, you're totally right when you say you know the, the, the early signs and in the early stages of Bruno's era so to speak has been very good because he has very quickly got the fans on the side two defeats in the Premier League and people have very been very positive about it um, so he's got that on side he's got the players on side he's working and obviously tonight is gone it's going to go it's going to go far in making that relationship stronger as well with everyone um, but you're totally right they still need those those additions the players coming back from injury that's great beats the squad out a bit more but they do need additions again for me it's the same centre back centre mid striker the first two, arguably, first eleven additions, striker, you know, a decent option as a as a backup or at least a competitive option um, to to push Raúl and uh, and Fabio. So um, they've got work to do certainly to make the squad um, bigger, fuller, more competitive. And competitive is the key word that Bruno keeps using. Um, and they have been working on it. They've got targets. They've got those positions. We've spoken about it in in the uh, in the previous podcasts that they are working on these positions to to fulfil. Um, and obviously, it's taken a bit longer than everyone wants. Um, but there is still a week to go. There, he, he says he expects it to be busy. Um, so I'm expecting you, Judah, to be busy on transfer deadline day. Well, I'm sudden it up. Can, can't wait. Can't wait. I'll be sat here at the desk for 16 hours, but I'll be, you know, I'll have I'll have plenty of snacks. Plenty of snacks <laughs> over the. Um, well, I hope it is busy, mate. I, I hope I, I am really busy because. Um, I'm gonna. Well, I say that, but I'm gonna have to do a video with myself, aren't I? No one wants to just see me do a video talking rubbish. But uh, we'll work. We'll work. We'll work something out. I think. Um, right. You know. You, you mentioned it there, Liam. Uh, we're talking about Wolves' best player now, for me, which is Pedro Neto. Uh, we, we've been waiting for this update. We, we we knew we'd had a setback, and we didn't know what type of setback that was. You asked him on Friday, Liam, about it. Uh, he said. I'll tell you, you know, he was, he was going to meet the doctor um, to discuss it. Um, he said, I'll tell you in the pre-Forest press conference on Monday. Sunday ended up being the pre-Forest press conference. You asked him again. He said, oh, it's not Monday yet. There was no press conference Monday, obviously, and we didn't hear anything on Monday. So tonight is the night. Uh, and look, there's been various rumours circulating around and, you know, chit-chat that this could keep him out for the majority of the season, this setback, maybe the entire season. But... For me, and when when you know when when you when you tweeted that that was a very positive update when he's saying that that Pedro Neto could be back and we could see him back presumably before Christmas. Yeah, I mean, essentially that's what he's saying. I have to um, report the the facts as you know from what he's telling us straight, and that is that they were looking at um, end of October, early November, and he says it's. 
that's been pushed back by two, three, four weeks, looking mm-hmm. at potentially early uh, December. However, I also have to add to that, and it's easier to add to that, obviously, on here when I can speak about it, that um, he was also slightly vague about it. Um, so even though he did say that, and uh, you know, the quotes are out there, and that he, word for word he, he has said that, he was also very, well, slightly vague, rather, in the way he was explaining it, because I, I did put it straight to him when he didn't necessarily say there was a setback. I said, has he had a setback? Are we talking... Um, in the new year and he doubled down and said yes he has had a setback but we're, we're talking more December time so mm. um, it wouldn't surprise me if um, we get to uh, November and December time um, obviously these questions are going to be asked again and they're going to continue to be asked as we get closer to that time again um, and and potentially he may take a few more weeks or so but um, it does we sound. Were so, this, we, we were think we were thinking potentially, you know, a season ender here or the, March exactly. or April or this whatever. What I was about so to say. It certainly sounds is, more positive, doesn't it, than that? Certainly. The fact he's talking October, November, you know, first two or three weeks of December is, you know, is in stark contrast to really what what's you know what's been out there, which is, which is great news. And I think sometimes that's important that we have to, you know, want to listen, want to wait to see, you know what the manager says because at the end of the day the book stops with him and, and, and he's the guy who, kn- who knows what's going on and yeah. you know maybe they've had a bit better news than what initially thought you know you know, with, with Pedro and uh, and that I think is a, is a definite bonus because if you can get and look Pedro Messi is a young fit lad and you know when he's on the road to recovery okay he had a bit of a setback but at the same time he will be healing pretty quickly and he'll be desperate to get back on that pitch and it'll probably be a a tussle between the medical staff and Pedro Neto to see he'll, he'll probably want to get on the pitch earlier than what, what they probably say. But at the same time, you know, if you get him in 2021, oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, you actually probably explained that better than I did. Essentially, you know, Bruno was saying it is giving a good, a positive update there that it's going to be hopefully this year and earlier than we were thinking. We were thinking, as you say, February, March time, potentially. Um, but with the caveat that, you know, he may want to come back in, he may get told it's got to be a couple extra weeks. Well, it, it's a very um, fluid situation is the, is, the, is the way to put it because, you know, he's got to go through the correct stages of um, the rehab. He's got to go through um, doing physio work on the pitch, then coming back into training. And, and, and Bruno explained it quite well, actually, that, you know, he's got to go through, through all these stages before there's even a, a suggestion of coming into a match scenario. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it's similar to what Daniel Pedence has done. You know, he went out to Marbella and did physio work um, uh, on, on the pitches away from the team, then eventually moved into team training, then eventually moved into playing tonight. So... Yeah. Um, it's all those stages to go through, and that's what might delay it uh, a couple of weeks on top of what we've just been told there today. But so mm. um, my essentially my my way of putting it is, you know, watch this space. It's a positive update, um, but we've just got to hope that it, there's no further setbacks within that, and it, and it is uh, the time frame he's uh, he's put there. And just to wrap up, wrap up uh, the for tonight, uh, Liam. Um... Draw for the third round soon. Look at like you say, they put this side out with the bench tonight. You know, with forty hours. I would not be surprised if you know if they get back onto regular rest and, and the draws made and they get a decent draw. I mean, I hope they get someone terrible. To be honest, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to have a Premier League side until we need to have a Premier League side. But um, you know, if they get the norm, the normal rest back, I can see them playing a pretty strong side throughout this competition. I, I really can. I would love to see that. I really would. I, I'd say it 
until I'm blue in the face that I really do put a lot of emphasis on the cups. I think they're really important, particularly in the early stages of the season as well, uh, when we don't know how wars are going to be in the Premier League. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to talk from a selfish point of view, I would like something very similar to tonight, uh, a game where Wolves should be winning, um, but a, a stadium that I've not been to. <laughs> so <laughs> any, anywhere that suits me away from home, although I don't really want to be going up to bloody, I don't know, Carlisle. I mean, I've been to Carlisle and Barrow, but you know what I mean. I don't want to go be going that that far. Um, no, no one wants to get to Carlisle. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you said before, I could have been going to Hartlepool on Saturday. Absolutely. Um, no, and somewhere I haven't been. If I'm going to be on it, you know, on a, a selfish note. But um, but anyway. Well, Roch- Rochdale beat Shrewsbury tonight, mate. So uh, you want to go to Spotland? Mate, I, I wait. Is that the is that the chippy you're talking about? There? Great chippy, mate. Yeah, yes, I, I've not been. Yes. So obviously, before when I was obviously covering Warsaw, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be going to Rochdale for the first time. I'll be going to the chippy. There you go. You've just put. You just called it out. That's the one I want. I want. Rochdale that is away. it. Let's get, let's, let's, watch this space. It'll be Rochdale away. That's what I in want. In the Carabao Cup, and there is delicious chip shop for everybody going. Not quite Hooters, but I tell you what, they've got the. It's fantastic, mate. The cod. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's the one I want. That's the one I want. But no, as you, as you say though. Um, I totally agree. You know, avoid tough draws until it gets to the point where you need to beat the, the, the tough teams. Get through these rounds, beating whoever comes in front. Hopefully, an easy, easier tie, and get through to the last stages. Make it a make it a real um, a celebration with the fans back. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely right. I'll let you go. It's midnight now, so I'll let you get off. Uh, please enjoy the second part of the podcast. I think it's going to be a long podcast because I think we're about 53 minutes earlier on today. So <laughs> we're going to be about an hour and 20. But, you know, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, I'm trying to think about the tone we set. This is prior to a 4 0 win. I-, I might be a little bit doom and gloom, but I think there's a lot of questions that still need to be asked. And, and I think I think we um, I think we discussed them, Liam, so, so we're fine. Uh, but it is great to get a win under our belt. So, Liam, get yourself off. Thank you very much. And here comes the, the next part of the pod. Right, Liam. This is the uh, the second part of our, our our little chat. There might be a little bit of different different uh, volume levels due to the fact that uh, we recorded this this afternoon. I know it's quite strange for people to work out in their head, but we couldn't do couldn't do an hour plus at uh, at one a.m. in the morning, Liam. So uh, so this is our this is our pre-recorded stuff that we uh, recorded earlier on this afternoon. Straight on, straight on with because I mean, like we said last week, there's been a plethora of moves, mate. A plethora of transfers in and out of the club. <laughs> uh, well, not in the club anyway. Uh, but, mate, what's going on? Where are the signings? What's happening? I mean, it's a good thing you're there at deadline day for me to look after me because it's <laughs> going to be it's going to be absolutely non-stop. I mean, are you going to be on my, my 8am to, to midnight shift as well? Are you going to be joining me for this, the old 16-hour deadline day? Oh, I think I might be uh, out on the last with the boys, I think, around that time. Wow. Wow! <laughs> is, me. It a boy, uh, is it a boys' trip? Is it? Well, no, I know. Me and my partner are going away for a bit, and then going to oh, Manchester yeah. Swart, to see my Well, no, we won't be. We're not having this. We cannot start that. Okay, sorry, sorry. Um, no, no, no. So yeah, I. Uh, it's been pre-planned you know, for a while. This, this is when you were back in your Warsaw days. It was, just to yes, let people yeah. Know, so. it, it was booked in for yeah a while ago, but um, I did I'll say keep, to I'll you, keep when, keen, I? I did, I did say to you. Um, um, on Sunday, you're very welcome. When um, when you know you're just about to come out to a to a brand new full morning, new unbelievable atmosphere, and you could have been at Hartlepool the day before, looking at a two <laughs> um, a six hour round trip of absolute disaster. Yeah, I mean there are there are you know there are greater pleasures in life than going to Hartlepool to watch a 
a shambles of a Warsaw side <laughs> go up there. I mean, blindly speaking to speaking to people at like the game. I mean, yeah, awful, pretty, mate. pretty bad. You know, we get to see Bruno large ball instead. Uh, so yeah, Molyneux was bouncing as well, so it was nice. It was, it was great, mate. Um, right, so who's coming in? Who's coming in, Liam? Let us know the two or three players that are coming in. Yeah, <laughs> because, I'll give you the names. Because I tell you what, I don't bloody know, but the, I mean, there will be players that are going to come in. I, I'm absolutely 100% certain of that. But I'm sorry. I can understand the fans' frustration at the, the way this situation has has kind of evolved because, because look, at this moment in time, as we stand here now at you know quarter past two on a... On a Tuesday afternoon, with with well, deadline day is a week to a week today. Um, at this moment in time, there's been no real names mentioned coming in. Kiefer Moore, potentially from Cardiff. There's still question marks, massive question marks over Adama Traore, question marks over over Nevsh. and uh, and and look, I can I can definitely understand. Um, a little bit of frustration creeping in because, you know, they've lost two now. Um, we, we've liked what we've seen so far from Bruno and the way this team are playing. But as I said in a tweet after the Spurs game, you've got to be able to, if you're going to make the change, if you're going to get rid of rid of Nuno and replace him, absolutely fine. Absolutely fine if you want to change the way that you want to, to, to play football and, and, and the direction you want to entertain. And this football has been so much better to watch. It has. Absolutely, it's a fair play. But at the same time, you've got to give him the tools. You've got to give him the players for him to be able to carry that out. And at the moment, they keep on... They're losing players left, right and centre. And, and it doesn't seem like, you know, there's uh, there's players imminent coming into the club. You know, what you don't want to do is, is be in this situation in, in four or five days' time. And, you know, you're just, you're just get, getting anyone, anyone in. Because you've got to... These players have got to come in. You've got to make them better. You've got to make them first-team starters. They've got to be better than what you've got, and yeah, maybe maybe, exactly. maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe maybe they've got these players ready to go, and it it's just a case of crossing the eyes and dotting the t's. And, and you know, Wolves are notoriously private when it comes to those matters. And I'm sure we will have players we've never ever heard of, and no one's heard of from nowhere, because they've done this Foson for a long time, and they've been pretty successful in doing it. But um, you know, it's still a little bit concerning at this moment in time. Yeah, definitely. You hit the nail on the head there. It's going to be a, a Neto Jordan situation, isn't it? It's going to be almost out of the blue, almost out of nowhere, most likely. Uh, it's the way that they've done it for the vast majority of their dealings since they've been, in, uh, you know, the owners. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Kiefer Moore is there's an interest, but no bid. Um, Guedes at uh, Valencia, exactly the same interest, but no bid. It all feels a little bit sort of if, but to maybe at the moment, um, and it almost feels. Like we're waiting on some concrete move with players already at the club. I mean, mm-hmm. we're gonna concrete have Neves and uh, Traore there, or are we looking at moving them on and bringing and bringing or Adama at least anyway. Obviously, with the the, the recent uh, moves from Spurs and uh, and bringing someone in then. But it, it, then it all boils down to a few days, doesn't it? It all becomes rather rushed then. Um, now it won't be totally rushed behind the scenes. You know they they're going to have targets in mind. They're going to have conversations. They're going to have players they want to bring in. Um, so it's not like they're going to be sitting down and discussing that today and you know figuring out who they want. Um, but you don't want to leave it to the last minute. We don't want to be. Uh, no. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if Wolves do as well because they haven't really done that um, I get, since. I get, I get there's a trickle down. I get there's a trickle down effect, Liam. You know, with certain clubs, especially abroad, and 
they've got to wait and they want to wait till they get the best money and then if not then they want to probably loan them and and get at least their their, their wages paid to the end of the season maybe you know like a, a rental agreement a bit like you know uh wolves did wolves did last year um with a certain striker that is no longer with us but wasn't very good um but you know at the same time um I don't know. You'd have liked to see one or two come in. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, now. I, I spoke about um, a few weeks ago about how you know the market, um, the way it is with the with the Euros and things like that. It was always going to heat up more in August, but I did not expect to be sat here on the twenty fourth, no. still still with no more signings in. I think I think I might have said this last week actually. I think you know by this point now it's squeaky bum time. You wanted to see a couple more in um, at the very least, and then be looking towards possible you know one one late addition that would take up to three uh, and I think fans would be quite happy with that and, and they, you know if they keep hold of some of the big players as well that would probably be a pretty successful transfer window of course depending on who it is they bring in but okay I'm going to give you a quite two questions uh, oh, here we go go on oh three questions I guess uh, so uh, a week tomorrow so that's the first of September uh, yes or no Ruben Nevj is still a Wolves player Yes. Okay, that's a very, very uh, positive answer. 1st of September, is Adama Traore still a Wolves player? No. Um. I, I'm very... Uh, I, I'm, I'm struggling with that a little bit because um, I almost went the other way, but I feel that Spurs want to do it cheaply and they're obviously interested. But I feel like if, if push comes to shove, Spurs, particularly if Harry Kane goes, they may just front the money up and, and go for it. And I feel yeah. like if and because of his contract situation, if the money's right, um, Wolves will be tempted certainly. But as it stands right now with the situation, you know, talking about loans with a view and and all this rubbish, uh, Wolves will not will not entertain that. It's if it's a, the right fee um, and it's a substantial fee. Um, but I feel like, particularly if Kane goes, I feel like Spurs might, um, might, might put their money where their mouth is and go for it potentially. So that's what's that's what makes me say that. Yeah, you do feel that that the Kane situation will directly implicate, you know, what yeah. happens with Adama, um, with, with him potentially going. You know, if they've got 150 million, they can spend 40, 45 million. I mean, is is 40 is 40 million pounds slash 45 million pounds a good deal for Wolves? Uh, I'd say the the upper end of that. Um, I mean, it also depends on the structure of it. If we're talking a similar structure to the Diogo Jota to Liverpool structure, I'm not I'm not sure it is, because Wolves need a, a bigger chunk of that those funds now, particularly to make some some late additions to the team if he goes. Because the team needs additions now, it needs it even more if he goes. Um, so they're going to need they're going to need the the funds there to do it. Well, that's the thing, and you know, I know he's got two years left on his contract, and a lot of people are saying, well, it's great, it's great money because. You know, 40, 45 million with two years left on your contract. Look, teams are desperate to improve. And, and look, I know these, this is completely different, but um, and completely different in players, absolutely 100%. But someone like Haaland, who they're talking about, has got this, 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 um, this minimum fee release clause next summer, £63 million pounds or whatever. People are talking about spending £100, £120 million pounds to get him now just because he's got one year left on his contract. If Adama Traore has a fantastic season and he's been brilliant the, the first two games, albeit missed two absolute sitters and, and Wolves could and should have had at least two points on the board. But, 
you know you can look at one you can look at it like that and you can look at it like well if Adama Traore could finish he wouldn't be a Wolves player you know because mm-hmm. he would literally be one of the world's best players because he's absolutely unbeatable but if he has this great season and look under Nuno Adama Traore play, he played then he was on the bench he was on the bench for a long time then he played if you're going to have 38 games of a fit Adama Traore and he is mauling Wolves I mean Tangana Tanganga you know had a, had a they were singing his praises against Man City. What what brilliant, <laughs> unbelievable, man of the match, stunning. I mean, he was absolutely rinsed, rinsed on Sunday. For someone who can do, can, can do that to a player, a world-class player, if he can have 38 games and he's still not going to sign a contract, you've got one year left, you're not telling me that someone in the summer is going to spend £35 million on him to get him rather than being in a free the year after. That's what I'm thinking. I'm also saying if you get rid of Adama Troy and you don't replace him with, with absolute quality, then then forty million pounds, if you're gonna be I mean they've played well in the first two games and they've got zero points, Wolves are gonna play badly in games as well. So if you've got if you play well in games and got zero points and you're gonna play badly in games, I, it doesn't take a genius to say how many points you're gonna get out of those games. So um forty million pounds if you're if you're scrapping against and, and I really hope not some kind of a relegation battle at the end of, at the end of this season, then you might as well say goodbye to that forty five million because you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot more by going down into the championship. It's a good point. It is, and that's the dilemma that they're almost faced with. And it seems um, it depends on which way they want to take the risk. Um, and I'd be more inclined, me personally, to to line up with with what you're saying because um, how thin the squad is currently. Um, how important, you know, a 10, 20 million, you know, the way you've put it there is in comparison to, um, you know, staving off any trouble this season. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's, a, it's almost a no-brainer, and I, I would agree with you. Now, you know, if Spurs come in and they start offering ridiculous money, uh, you know, 60, 70, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, let's say hypothetically they did, uh, that's difficult to turn down. Um, yeah. for, for And you forget as well now that Traore is 25, and that, of course that isn't old, but mm. it, he's getting to a stage now where he needs to be um, hitting the heights that I think we, we know he's capable of. Yeah. Um, if you're going to lose 10 million quid for a Triori this season by keeping him, you can always supplement that. There's, there's ways and means of supplementing that. You know, you've just sold... Um, you know, you've just sold lots of Saudi for three and a half million. You know, there's, there's ways that... There's, there's, there's youngsters and, and, and kids and ways and means of, of getting back six, seven million quid there isn't a lot of money that will actually... <laughs> keeping Triore for another season is actually the way to go. And hopefully, he might sign a contract. Mm. You know, if I was Wolves, I'd go and give him that contract. I'd give him, you know... I'd make him one of the highest paid players at the club. I, I really would. But, you know, I'm not making those decisions. I'd be gutted to see to see him go, to be honest. I would as well. And particularly the way he's started his first two games, you know, albeit the, uh, the sitters. Um, you know, that, that's an issue. He needs to, to fix that. But... I think he's been electric, hasn't he? The first two mm. games, um, yeah. It, it, for me, it, it's all real if buts and maybe's at the moment. It all really is going to hinge on what, uh, how far Spurs are prepared to take this, um, and also, you know, it, it's no surprise that this has gone out just after Spurs have visited Monu. He's had a very good game. Daniel Levy's been there watching. Um, any attempt to unsettle a player. Uh, you know, football clubs and the people that run them will do will do whatever they can if they to to bring someone in. 
Um, I don't think it's any surprise there. Um, you know, if he gets his head turned and he wants to make the move, if you're then stuck with another dilemma because it's almost impossible to keep hold of a player that doesn't want to be there. Mm. And Bruno has made it very clear that if players don't want to be there, he'll let them go because he did the same with uh, Catroni and uh, Amir. Neither mm. of them wanted to be there. They very quickly were gone. Kiefer Moore, is this a realistic target? It seems very much... Um, very different to the recruitment they've had before. Uh, mm. I can't see him being a Mendes player from guest if you to be funny, to, to, uh, for Kiefer Moore. So you'd have thought this has probably come from Scott Sellers and, and the scouting network. Mm. Is this someone who you could see? I mean, very. I mean, you couldn't get more different than Fabio Silva, which is probably why they're looking at it. You know, you've got a 19 year old young lad who has barely been used, and this is probably a topic for another day, um, you know, in the first two Premier League games anyway. Um, but, but twenty nine years old, six and big lad, six three, six four, scores goals, but always you know has never played Premier League football. Is this the type of player, or is this the player as as a different option that could that could um, that could be useful in the Premier League? To to, I'm not going to say play up front regularly with 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 Jimenez, but but be an option off the bench, just to add something different. As a different option, I, I don't hate it. There's no resale value there, though, is there? At 29, if you're spending well, 10 million plus, you talk this, about this, this. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm, this is what I was just about to say. I mean, in terms of a, a purely footballing sense, um, as a different option, as a different type of player, um, as a backup striker, which obviously Wolves need, uh, I don't hate it. I, don't, I think there's worse options out there, certainly. Um, but you, again, as you said, he's 29. Um, he's never played in the Premier League. He's you know made his name through League One and the Championship. Um, and for the money that Cardiff want for him, because um, that money is uh, over ten mil, they want for him, uh, without doubt. Um, I'm not, I'm not convinced by that. Mm. For for the how much you're going to have to spend to bring him in now, if it was a, you know, a five million job, potentially that would be um, that would be decent business in you know giving an opportunity to to a lad who may you know who may prove a, a different option backup almost like an Andy Carroll type backup but that we've seen at other clubs West Ham and Newcastle over the years so um, I don't hate it from a footballing sense but I think financially uh, doesn't particularly make sense and and you're right it doesn't fit in with um, with the transfer strategy really of, of Wolves in the last few years and I doesn't mean it won't happen but I, I'd be surprised there, there is an interest but there's no concrete uh, bid or anything like that yet, and uh, for me, I don't, I don't see it as a, um, as I don't really see it happening. To be honest, I think it'd be, it would probably be a desperate last minute job, um, and you don't want Wolves to be getting to that stage really. And like I kind of said earlier as well, ten million quid on on someone like that, or or, or keeping a Dama Traore, if you if you if you're looking on monetary terms, there's there's only one there's only one answer to me. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you, I know, I know it's all hypotheticals, but you're right. Of course, right. it if, is. Yeah, if you, if you phrase it like that, I mean, there's, there's no <coughs> one choice in there without a doubt. It's, uh, yeah. it's trial all day long. Absolutely, um, Liam. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to touch on Spurs quickly before we take the questions. What I just wanted to ask you, and maybe this is a topic for um, another day and a longer discussion, but uh, and maybe after this deadline day, we'll say a lot more. To be honest, in the next week or so. But what's the end game here from? From Foson, what are they looking to achieve? What what do they want from this Wolves side? Because, you know, two three years ago, everything was was looking good. They were they were they, they were European contenders. They had, they had a fantastic squad, and um, 
I don't know. It just seems to me like, what's the ambition now? What's the ambition this season? What's the ambition in next season? Is it is it just to stay in the Premier League? Is it to be is it to be okay? We, we've had we, we've we've overachieved here in inverted commas going back to back sevens. It was a lot earlier than what we thought. It was great. Let's just let's just establish ourselves in the Premier League now. Let's just be mid table. Or do, do, does this side want to be? You know, I mean, every side wants to be in and around Europe. Of course they do. But realistically, are they? Are they making those inroads? Are they spending the money um, for them to be able to do that? Or, or have Fosun's, you know, aims changed? Do they just want Wolves to be a solid Premier League side that's in the Premier League, you know, that hopefully are above relegation, no worries there, but, but you know, they might get the odd year where they're flirting in the top seven, top eight. Because at this moment in time, and especially if you're losing a Dama Traore and maybe you're bringing one or two, for me, this is no better than a, than a mid-table side. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I think it comes back really to something I mentioned on here previously, that for me it just feels like a real season of transition, um, which isn't going to sound particularly exciting to supporters, but you know, bringing a new manager in, he needs time. He also needs signs, but that's a, that's a separate issue. He needs time. Um, they've got, obviously, the restrictions on how much they can spend this summer. Um, and it just feels like to me and this is obviously you know me speculating it feels to me that they are feel like they want to get through this year with Premier League status intact and you know maybe bring a bit of excitement in the cup competitions we'll we'll find out more tonight I mean by the time by the time people by the time people listen to this yeah, by the time people listen to this, it might that might be all already over. But uh, I know I was about to talk about Fabio Silva getting lack of minutes, but I, I realised that he could score a hat trick later on tonight, yeah, yeah, so exactly. it might sound a bit folly. Yeah, um, but it just feels to me like it's a real um, transition year that they just need to get through, uh, and that really is not does not sound exciting uh, for fans. I understand that, but that's just the way it seems to me. Um, I do feel the ambition's still there to do well, but they're just under these uh, type restrictions at the moment. They've made a managerial change at a time when it probably would have been easier not to do it and maybe get through this year with Nuno still in charge. And Because um, I don't think you'd have got relegated under Nuno. Um, I, although equally, I don't think he'd have done particularly as uh, well this season, you know, in comparison to last season anyway. So um, it just, yeah, it just feels like it's that. It's like they're trying to get through this year and get through um, the, some of the restrictions they've got on them to, to push on uh, next year and I hope that is the case because I feel like there is a they've built a real good brand here at Wolves and remember the the brand part of it is a huge it's a huge part for them they, they've spoken before about wanting to make uh, a similar brand and model to the Red Bull model um, you know having Wolves involved in fashion and motorsport and all these different things um, I get that I get that and, 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 and I think that's an important part of it and, and look that's fine but the football fan isn't too bothered about that, really, are they? They want to see the results on the pitch, you know. That they're they're quite, you know, that they're they're quite. They don't want to see, you know, they win FIFA twenty twenty one, and and you know, from a gaming point of view, they want to see they want to see three points against Spurs on on Saturday. Yeah, of course. Um, in in some ways, though, with with, with the modern game, uh, in some ways they come hand in hand. You need a a strong, uh, marketable brand. Um, and that brings in revenue of its uh, of its own as well. Mm. Um, I think there is a there is a case to to say that is that is a real important part without neglecting obviously the football side of it. I mean, if we if we speak in 
this time next week and Wolves haven't made any signs and they've lost to Traore, um, I mean, they're going to get hammered. Yeah. By us, by us, by the fans. And rightly yeah. so, because that's neglect, yeah. that's neglecting the, the football uh, sure. side of it. Uh, which, sure. for, for fans, is the biggest part. You're totally right. They have to find that find the balance. And I think they have done that very well up until now. But I just feel like they're at, almost at a crossroads where they're trying to just get through this season, the transition of this season, uh, get through that. And and hopefully push on in the following in the, well, the years to come. They they haven't lost interest. There was still an interest there. Um, that it's a it's a it's a big it's a big venture for them uh, having a a big historic club in England. Yeah, and and look, you know, you're right in what you say, Lee, because you know next season you're going to have hopefully a fully fit Johnny back. You're going to have a fully fit Pedro Neto back. You know, those those are those are quality first team additions that are going to come straight back into this team. Um, and and hopefully, hopefully, with alongside a Dammer, you know, and and and, the, and these kind of players, because that's I think I think that's the frustrating thing because, you know, taking away Neto's injury, you know, we were thinking October time, going into the season, you'd have a Damatrio, Pedro Neto, and Raúl Jiménez together for that first time for a, such a long time, that three pronged attack that's as good as anything in the Premier League, you know, and uh, and it's a shame that. We're not going to see that now, probably for for, for quite a while. And look, if Adama if Adama goes, we're ne- we're never going to see it, are we? So, so um, it, it's it's so yeah. I think that that with with Bruno and with the additions and stuff, you definitely need to make two or three. I think by by the by the deadline. But at the same time, you know, if if Wolves are going to play that kind of football and be okay this season, I think would that be enough for fans? Do you feel knowing that next the following season would be would be one where they really want to push on. And they won't be under too many restrictions next year financially, will the FFP-wise, that they can go and and maybe spend some some money. Because Wolves aren't going to spend 30 million quid next next week, are they? I mean, that's for certain. Uh, Particularly on one player, it's not going to happen. No, No, my answer to that question is, is would fans be happy with that? I think the answer's yes, with a caveat. The answer's yes, if... You know, the football carries on the way it is with results uh, as well because supporters, despite having two losses on the on the record so far, supporters have been very very pleased with what they've oh, seen. They're delighted with what they've yeah, seen, and so exactly. and so they should be because for him for Bruno to come to come at such short notice. I'm not saying he was here at short notice, but for the players to be coming back at such short notice with Euros and everything that's been going on, for him, for him to get those performances out of those players in the style that is completely different to what we've seen prior in against Leicester and against Spurs, I think is nothing short of sensational, to be honest. And he deserves a hell of a lot more. You know, he deserves at least two points, if not four points from those first two games. So fair play. I, I'm, I'm very impressed with what I've seen on the pitch. And it just needs the ball to get in the back of the net, which I know is the $64,000 question. But, exactly. But but when when they do score, I mean, goodness me, it was really good, really really fresh, a fresh take on you know on a on a on a, a team that that wasn't good on the eye, was it last season? Oh no, I mean, it was it was dull, wasn't it, to say the least, last season, particularly the second half of the season as well. Um, yeah, I think if you had you know you had goals, you had results, which you know was e- easier said than done, but you add those <laughs> two components to this um, style that Bruno is. Uh, is playing, um, and you oh. know if Wolves have, I, I'm going to I'm going to mention it again. If they have a cup run, 
don't shoot me if anything's you know if any, yeah, yeah. if any events happened at Forest today that I can't you know I don't have my crystal ball here to look into the future. Yeah. But if, they, yeah. If, they, if they add a cup run to that, or they add um, you know a few big you know nights under the lights at uh, at uh, Molyneux or a few big away days, you know Man City wins, Spurs away, all these big games that they've had uh, over mm-hmm, the last few mm-hmm. years, add a few good moments in like that. Um, even if it is a, a mid-table season with you know, some excitement in the way they play and, and a few results. I think fans would uh, be content with that. Well, I wouldn't say sure. happy because I think fans want success, but I'd say fans would be content with that overall with the view to pushing on with that and making yeah. the right signings. Um, but, you know, we might have a totally different view this time next week. They might bring in three top-class additions to the first do. team. I hope they do. I hope they do. I, I, you know, um, still got very, very much faith in, 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 in the model and, and what they're doing and look, by and large, they've got most things right, but I think the communication is very important to them, and I think, um, I think the fans need to be, um, the, the, the communication needs to be a little bit better, I think, from the board, um, of, of where, where they're going, what they're doing, what they're looking to do, and I think maybe once this deadline day is over, we might hear from Jeff Shue, we might hear from, you know, from Scott Sellers, or, and maybe a couple of others about what, you know, what they think, and uh, because, you know, for me, I think that's something that's lacking at this moment in time. I know they did that round the table discussion, but I feel like there's a few changes and there's a few issues um, from supporters, not only here, but like, you know, getting into the stadium on sun- on Sunday, for example. I mean, the queues were ridiculous. They were running out of stuff left, right and centre in the kiosks. Not, I'm not talking just about recruitment, but there's a few issues here where, which need to definitely get sorted out to, to make sure that they're putting the fans first, which is what they are. Regardless of anything, the fans come first. The fans are the most important thing. And you know you've got to really make sure that they're looked after. I think. Yeah, definitely. You're right. There, there does need to be a bit more um, communication. I think. Um, you know, there's been a few errors. Look back to the the loyalty points and the membership um, mm-hmm. stuff from a few weeks ago. That mm-hmm. around the way that was put out, I don't think was the right way to go about it. Um, so there's a few little, you know tweaks here and there that could be done yeah. and, and you know I think fans would like to hear from Jeff Moore I don't know whether I don't think that's going to happen if I'm honest because you know yeah. I, I don't think that's really in his in his wheelhouse um something he you know prefers to do but if you know I think fans would like that um and particularly Scott Sellers considering the uh, after the transfer window to get a mm-hmm. to get some sort of viewpoint on uh, and whatever the questions are you know why it took so long to to get this but we're happy now or why we didn't get this sure. person or why we didn't fill this position whatever it is I yeah. think it would be nice to hear from them to 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 give fans just a few answers to whatever the, the final questions will be in a week's time. Yeah, no, I I agree, Liam, and we'll we'll come back to this. And there's, there's a conversation, a topic that I'm sure we'll be revisiting over the next couple of weeks anyway. But I just wanted to kind of touch on that there. Um, right, very quickly, uh, Liam Spurs. Uh, what did you make of it? Well, my my my, my player ratings went down well, didn't they? Did you see that? Like, I don't, a, like a lead balloon. Well, well, welcome to player ratings, mate. To be honest, uh, I mean, not that I really care. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the best no, way no. to be. No, listen, look, look, it's it's quite funny. It's, I mean, there was a lot of you know fair responses. People saying you know um, you know it's, it's all about opinions. I don't agree with this, but you know, fair enough. You get one or two little people that you know want to throw a little dig in here and there. Um, I think I've locked a good five on Sunday, mate. It yeah. comes with the territory, mate. You're fine. Don't worry. It gave me a good chuckle because I was just laughing at these losers on Twitter replying to me. Um, oh, sorry. Did I, say, did I say that aloud? I didn't mean. Wow! Wow! Um, wow! No, no, no. I don't mean that for everyone. Only for the people who are abusing me. Um, look, I, you know, in hindsight, maybe I was slightly, slightly harsh, but I looked at it as 
as an opportunity missed. Wolves didn't get any points. What mm. I, I can't be giving out eights and nines when they've just lost one nil. Not you know for one I mean? nil so, defeat at home, you can't. Exactly, not. exactly. No, so I, no. maybe one or two of them were a little bit harsh, but there was a couple. Like, a few, a few people were uh, adamant that Semedo had a wonderful game, and I, I think he's a good player. I, I, you know, I think he, I rate him highly than, more highly than you do, um, oh. <laughs> to say the least. But I don't think he had a particularly great game. I thought his uh, his passing and crossing was was poor to say the least. Uh, similar with Trincao, I thought Trincao was lightweight, um, didn't look after the ball very well. Uh, had one or two little flashes. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't horrendous, but he didn't look after the ball particularly well. But the positives were that Troyore was man of the match. Uh, yeah. I thought Neves was superb again. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I thought Kilman was excellent. Kilman was very very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I. This is one that I probably would change my mind on now. Thinking back at it, I gave Jose Sar a uh, a six. Um, perhaps, perhaps I'd have gone for for seven. I was weighing up the fact that you know they lost the game because of him giving away a penalty. Whether you think it's a penalty or not, um, but he made some really good second half saves as well. I was, I was impressed with him in the second half. Um, so there's plenty of plenty of positives, and I think I think um, they looked. It was the style of play that they they looked um, exciting. It was it was way more exciting than things we'd seen for a while. And the the only thing that disappointed me slightly as well was. Um, Perhaps Troyore's head, um, he sort of his head went down a little bit after missing that chance because yeah. he, he didn't really receive the ball much. There was there was probably a good twenty minutes spell after missing that chance where he didn't really touch the ball. Mm. Uh, in the last ten minutes or so, he started to get on it again, and almost the chance had gone by then. Um, I feel like they could have got the ball to him a lot more in that second half uh, and made things happen because again, as I said, I don't feel I don't feel like Trincao was doing particularly well. Uh, the changes that were quite late on uh, Gibbs White and, and Fabio Silva they didn't really inf- um, affect the game as as well as you'd like oh no it wasn't Gibbs White sorry it was Eight Nori wasn't it uh, Eight Nori and, and Fabio um, so it was just I thought I was just a little bit disappointed with the way they the game pieced out a bit but on the whole I thought they were very very good I really do and just great having a full Molyneux it was unbelievable oh it was brilliant and just great having a full Molyneux. It was unbelievable. The sound, oh my goodness. I mean, you just got chills. You really did. Absolutely amazing. And, you know, the C Senor, and you saw some of the pictures. And, I, I mean, you know, it, it is... I know every every teamer kind of plays that extra man, but you just feel like at Molyneux, you feel that that you just can't help but, but give them that little extra boost that they need. And I really do think it makes a big difference to... To this Wolves side, they played some really good football. They, they did, they, they really did, and uh, it just having fans this year will be will be massive to them, I think, and we'll really get them yeah. over the line in a few in, in a few situations. I feel. You said it already on this uh, on this recording that you know it's the fans come first. It's all about the fans, and that it's totally right. Football without mm. supporters is uh, it was soulless, wasn't it, last season? Um, I was going away to you know, up north to Barrow and Carlisle for Warsaw games without supporters there and then covered a couple of Wolves games. I think I went to, I did the Fulham game at home. I did the Man United game because they had a few thousand there. I did Brighton away and um, having no fans at stadiums is just, it's soulless. There's only way I can describe it. It's, uh, I know, mate, it but... It sucks it all out, doesn't it? At the same time, you know, we had car parking then. I mean, it was great. <laughs> you could drive in. That's a good point, yeah. 45 minutes before kickoff, mate. There was not a soul there. You could swing into Molyneux. We got car parking literally out the door. Now we have to park at Astor again. I didn't say that. <laughs> you can't park at Astor. It's illegal. Um, you know, know. Queues at the... No queues at the toilets, mate. 
You know, now you've got to queue up. <laughs> you know, got to queue up with the riffraff. I'd give that all up just for the fans. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're totally right though with the, uh, the, the atmosphere. The atmosphere was brilliant. The fans, oh, the fans did a superb, superb job. Um, and he ran, I, I said this on this podcast before as well. I really do believe, and I don't want to make excuses for last season, but I really do believe that Wolves were one of the clubs that really struggled more without fans. I think Liverpool were another one as well. Mm. I really do think they struggled without fans, and more so than some other teams. Absolutely. Um, I really do think that's. Uh, I know it's difficult to gauge that, but that's just that's just how I feel. I, I do feel that they add so much more to that uh, atmosphere, home and away, because they were brilliant away at Leicester as well. Home and away to this team, and with um, the fans being back, with the type of football that Bruno's trying to play, it could be a, almost a perfect storm, couldn't it? If they start to put the ball in the back of the net, yeah, you can't tell the difference at Warsaw, actually, to be honest. Now, <laughs> uh, right, no we <laughs> let's take some questions. Let's take some questions. Okay, here we go. Oh, goodness, lots of questions. Um, here we go. So, a few of them we'll have kind of answered with, with a couple of the discussions. So, um so yeah, sorry on that if we if we don't get to them, but hopefully we'll answer them in the last half an hour or so. Um, and we kind of answered that, kind of answered that as well. Okay, um, uh, I'm not going to answer, not going to ask that question. Sorry, Wolfie. <laughs> um, um, he says, uh, could you could you ask about the debacle in the Steve Bull stand? Massive queues, people not getting served at half time, running out of stock, people refusing to pay for items they didn't want due to queuing up for so long. Incapable staff. Who is in charge of this rubbish? Seems like it went down well then. Yeah, um, I mean, so. this this again. It all boils down to the the issues with um, needing to renovate the the the, the ground, doesn't it? The stand, uh, that stand in particular, because it's it's uh, the oldest one there now, isn't it? So um, it's it's just not really fit for purpose, particularly with um, the facilities uh, on the concourse and everything. So it's something they're looking at. They're trying to. Um, because it's all part of the, the plans to, to, to renovate and um, it's going to be done in stages and I think Steeple's top that list. It just, it, when, they come, when, they, when they get round to it, basically, it'd be another one to look at for sure. Steve says, could there be a silver lining with the sale of a dammer, the cash assuming we get it to re-strengthen and we would be less of a one-trick pony team? It's, a, it's an interesting point. Um, potentially, um, but it all depends really if they get the... That, you know they get the full figure close to that up front, um, which at the moment isn't going to happen because Spurs are trying to do it cheaply. Um, so that that's one part of it. Being a one-trick pony, um, in some ways, I can really I can agree with that because I do think Trincao. I think he is a good player. I do think he's a talented player. I just don't think he's quite um, up to speed with the Premier League yet. And it doesn't mean he won't be in time. But I think right now he's, he's too lightweight and too uh, hold on to the ball for too long, spend too much time with it like you would do in La Liga over in Spain compared to the Premier League. So that really does make Wolves almost a, a one-trick pony in going forward because it all came through Adama, didn't it, against Spurs? Very similar to um, Leicester, although I do think Trincao had a better game against Leicester. But um, it, it's an interesting point, but I don't think you can... I don't think you can get, if you what you can keep hold of him and keep what he offers to the team. I think that's more important than worrying about the balance elsewhere because I think he's that important to the side at the moment, particularly with Neto injured. Paul Mansell says, uh, "Is the total of forty plus shots against two of the top teams an indicator that the squad just does not possess players capable of scoring more than five to six goals a season?" Aside from Jimenez. Yeah, I saw this question before we started, and I thought it was a very good point actually. Um, oh, Paul, full of good points, mate. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely. Good 
I, I do think it's a good, very good point because you, you saw that last year. Um, Jimenez is the only real natural goal scorer. I think you could argue that. Um, everyone out, you know, the other danger men, Troy Ray, Neto, Trincao, Polens are all wide players. Uh, Fabio Silva's not there yet as a natural, you know, he's, he's not going to get 10, 15 goals this season, let alone 20, 25 that, you know, every team arguably needs. Um, it's only Jimenez, really, and he's coming back from a big injury. Uh, doesn't mean no one's capable of getting, you know, 10 plus this season, but I think history's shown you this team isn't full of uh, potent goal scorers. So that might be a, an area to, to work on, but you need Jimenez back in his full flow. He's not quite there yet, understandably, obviously. Uh, Scotty Big Mac says, with the size of our current squad, do you think a cut run should be a high priority or a blessing in disguise if we get knocked out early? Oh, this could be this could be interesting. This could be an interesting answer when I'm sat here yeah. at uh, yeah. almost, almost three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, they're um, through, mate. They're through. They're yeah. through. They've lost four in a bounce. It's impossible about, to lose to Forest. I was about to say the only they've lost four in a row in the league, and the only team, the only game they've won this season, or the only game they've not lost as well, is the first round of this competition. They beat League Two Bradford two one, and they it's scraped through that as well. It's not the through that as well. on the night. Probably could have probably signed three players between now and now and midnight. <laughs> You're setting me up for a fall here. We've also <laughs> just lost two 0 at the forest yeah. at the yeah. ground. Um, no, um, it's again. You know, there's some cracking questions this week. Uh, yeah, again, really, there is some really good ones. I read this again. I thought it was a very good dilemma because I've spoken a lot about how I really, really feel that one of Nuno's massive mistakes last season was the way he dealt with the cups. Um, particularly the FA Cup towards uh, well both of them really actually not not particularly both of them um, I thought it was very poor and it was a big mistake and it was an opportunity there to salvage some success out of what was a pretty bland season um, speaking to Bruno he, he says um, you know he's going he's gonna to have to make some changes with obviously playing the game so close to Sunday but he's also taking the Cup seriously I made the point to him that you know Wolves fans value the cups and want to do well in them. Um, he said he's going to take them seriously. He said he's going to, they're going to prepare for them as if they have done Leicester and Spurs, uh, and he wants to win the game. Uh, he also said that because of the size of his squad, and it's not particularly big at the moment, um, he's going to be forced. He didn't say this word for word, but essentially going to be forced into playing some first teamers anyway because he's got no other players available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know that's that's fair enough. But um, I. I, regardless of the size of the squad, I would still put a big emphasis on the cups. I really would. Um, I agree. I because I, I don't think I think we we've made it clear here. I don't think any Wolves fan as well really thinks that Wolves are going to push for that top seven this season. No. Um, but if they could be if they can be comfortable between, I don't know, let's say tenth and fourteenth, but yeah. nowhere near the drop, then for me you go all out for the Carabao Cup or yeah. an FA Cup. I agree. Saying that, the only disappointing thing, I guess, Liam, is that there's no Europa League spot for the Carabao Cup now anymore. Um, that's the disappointing thing from a European point of view. But to be honest, they've done the Europa League. I think there might be a Conference League. It might, I think it's the Europa Conference League they get now. But but regardless, um, and don't quote me on that, I might be wrong on that, but I think I think that's correct. Regardless, for me, winning a trophy is the most important thing, more important than than getting into Europe. It's holding that trophy and 
look, you've seen you've seen teams get to the final in. I know City love to win it in the end, but you've seen many teams get to final. If they can get, they can make a run. If they can get to a semi final of a cup competition and beyond this season, and finish mid table, and change the style of philosophy and and be more attractive to watch, like you said earlier on, Liam. I think that will be that will appease quite a few fans looking totally forward agree. to the following next you know next season and, and and really pushing on and kicking on from there. Totally agree. I think um, I'm also quite a sort of you know football purist, romantic when it comes to the cups as well. I I put a lot of importance on the cups, particularly the FA Cup. You know, mm-hmm. I I really do value them almost as highly as the league. Now, if you say to me, um, Wolves get relegated. From the Premier League, but they get to a semi-final or a final of an FA Cup, or even win the FA Cup. Um, I don't think I would take that. You know, the, I think the league, when it gets to yeah. a certain point, the league has to take uh, priority because if Wolves are in danger, uh, you know, they if they have the same situation as Nuno had last year, where it's Southampton in the league, Southampton in the cup, and Wolves are flirting with relegation. In that situation, there, I'd, I'd prioritise the league. Um, you know, Nuno got it wrong because Wolves weren't flowing with relegation, and he and he prioritised the league. But you should have the other way around for me. Um, but if it's in that situation, they are flowing with relegation. Prioritise the league. But if Wolves are in a, as you say, a comfortable position, fairly comfortable, they you know they, they know they're not going to go down. They're not going to be in trouble. For me, the, the cups have got to be priority. And at this stage now, we're in the early stages. Um, they're not in trouble at all because the season's just started. I'd go all out for the cups, bearing in mind obviously two injuries and things like that. Um, uh, tonight's game I'm speaking obviously before the fact I might be totally wrong but I'm expecting you know your Hovers, Gibbs, Whites those kind of players to eight Norries to start mm-hmm. um, but to still have a strong uh, 18 at the game as well and, uh, and, sure. get, and get results out of it Matt Kirby says uh, if Adama goes well uh, will we not be held to ransom for a last minute replacement seems sensible to get players in early before clubs push up the prices as Villa did yeah, it, it is. Um, you are taking a risk, aren't you? You, you really are because um, you know there's been a, a high profile. I'll use this as an example: the Kiefer Moore situation. There's been a high profile um, sale of Rafa Mir. Everyone knows how much Wolves got for him. Clubs then have an idea of funds that are potentially available. Yeah, what is stopping Carla from turning around and saying you've just got? 13.7 million in for Rafa Mir. You, you need to give us 12 if you want to keep them all or something like that you know yeah, yeah. It, um, so you are playing a risky game when you start to leave it towards the end of the window um, Wolves would for me would be, <coughs> excuse me would, would be really on the back foot if they sold Adama as well as having to get uh, the additions that they already need because they're going to have mm. to get someone else on top of that as well um, it's a risky game it's a risky business I think if Wolves can Stay firm and keep hold of him. It also depends on what Spurs do and whether Harry Kane leaves. Um, sure. If they can hold firm on that and keep hold of him, um, that obviously is going to be the better scenario because they are. How to round was the right way to put it. They very well could be for 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 late additions because teams need to, replacements as well. Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, there's some great questions this week. A lot of people asking about a, a potential replacement for Adama um, and who Wolves could look at. I mean. Judging by that, Liam, and judging by Wolves getting held to ransom, it wouldn't surprise me if they go for some another kind of loan with an option to buy. Or, or, I think that will be that that kind of deal will be prevalent in this in, in the next week, not just with not just with Wolves, but with but with everything that's going on in you know in the, in the world and, and and financially. I think that a lot of people don't want to spend much money, do they? And they want to 
have a little bit of a taster. I'm trying yeah. to think. I was trying to scratch my brains with uh, players that might be available and stuff. And the one that I keep coming back to, and the one that I think, if let's say Adama does go, who I think could be a real asset and someone who would be available on loan with a view to buy and not be huge on wages, um, who's played Premier League football, who's English, who's young, who's exciting, um, is Adamola Luckman, who, who played at Fulham um, from Leipzig, did very, very well in a poor, poor side, I'll, I'll have you know. Um, scored about a goal every five or six, but again, at the same time, you're playing at Fulham, you're on the wing, but can play on the left, can play on the right, can play in behind a striker who is available on loan, whose wages, I mean, if Fulham paid their wages, I can't imagine them being astronomical. I think that's the type of player that might come and, and, and really help out this Wolves side, who's quick, who's good on the break, but can, you know is also high-pressing. I mean, I, I think he's. I think he could be a perfect player, but you know, that's just that's just yeah, my opinion. I quite, I quite like I quite like the idea there. I really do. Um, there's been a few, you know a few of the names you mentioned. Gwenez, obviously, Wolves are interested. In. He's a you know a decent option. He's got a good peg, pedigree. I think a Campos at Sevilla. Mm. Uh, he's been spoken about a few times. He, he just from a you know looking at him purely footballing point of view, I think he'd be uh, perfect for this team. It'd be uh, great. I'm just not sure that they get him to be. No, I, no, I don't think so. Realistic no, I, I, targets. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I don't think it's particularly realistic. But um, it, what you say there about the the loan to with a view or even a loan with an obligation, I mm. quite like that model. I think I said this before. I think Wolves used that very very well when they first came into the, even the Championship actually and first came into the Premier League. They used it very very well, um, and I do think their that market is potentially going to be. Um, the most lucrative, particularly late on, and as you say, particularly with the financial situation, I think it uh, it makes more sense. Right, uh, Sunday Wolves against Manchester United. The big games keep on coming, Bebe. Uh, look, I mean, I assume Liam, it's going to be pretty much the same kind of team that we've seen previous in in the Spurs game. I know you said um, you reported last night that that Bolly and and Pedenza back on the in training, so. Would this game be maybe coming a little bit too quickly for those for those two, or can you see maybe maybe them being on the bench potentially? I think it probably probably be slightly too early. You'd say um, you're looking at probably just after the international break would be yeah would be ideal. Um, so yeah, I think probably a bit too early. Uh, but from a team point of view, would you say that it's similar to the Spurs? I would think so. Um, I think you look at. Well, who they've got available in defence, uh, it's probably going to be the same back three. I, I, I highlight Kilman again, I think he's been very good. Um, I'll be honest with you, I could see it being exactly the same starting 11. Um, mm. I, I keep being tempted to say, oh, maybe then Donka might come in, but I said that for Spurs and he stuck with Moutinho. And I thought Moutinho did okay. To be yeah, fair. I agree, I agree, I agree. Um, but it did, did okay. Then there was a few moments, particularly in that second half, before, just before he came off, where you could see he was. Um, he was tiring a bit. Uh, I think there was a point where uh, Hoiberg, who's not exactly the most agile player, was sort of running rings around him uh, on the on the right hand uh, on the on the wing, sort of going back and forth, and then take, taking him on. And you know, he, it's he just he just looked a bit slow at that point. Uh, but overall, I thought he did okay. So potentially, Den Duncan might come in, but otherwise, I can see it being exactly the same starting level. Obviously, provided that Adama is uh, is still a Wolves player by then, but. Um, I think it'd be well. We're obviously recording this before this Forest game, as I keep saying. It'd be interesting to see if he's in the squad tonight as well. 
Yeah, United are going to be quality. They've obviously Varane. I assume will probably make his debut as well. You've got probably, Sancho yeah. who's been been pushing to to get back it, getting that starting lineup. So I mean, they're going to be they're obviously going to be a top top side. But like I said, you know, Wolves can get at this team. You know, they I want you know they've obviously just drawn against Southampton. I think the refereeing has been very good in the first couple of weeks overall. Um, you know, looking at the other Premier League games, saying that one on Sunday. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I, well, I mean, I can't, don't get me started on that. I'll start. I've got another hour podcast on him, but I think overall they're letting things go. They're not blowing up, and I think Wolves need to be get a little bit of aggression back into their their lab and make things a little bit difficult and put a few tackles in earlier on. And uh, United don't like that. They really don't. And if you get them moaning early on, that's exactly what you do. Get them under their skin and then and then hit them. Doesn't take um, much for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to moan, does he? <coughs> <laughs> it really doesn't, mate. It really doesn't. It's uh, that was a look- physical reaction there to me. You mentioned. Oh, absolutely, there. absolutely. Um, so, so you know, I think that they can do something. You know, obviously, Bruno is a very good player, and they got good players all over the park. But um, you know, just wait. Let's just get a goal, mate. Let's just get a goal. Know, let's yeah, just work on. Yeah. Let's just work on the simple things first. Uh, Have you seen the uh, seen who the ref is for the game? Uh, it's Mr. Mike. Is it? Is it? Is it Mike? It's Mr. Mike Dean. Mike it's, Dean. It's Mike Mr. Dean. Hollywood himself, Mr. Oh, Mike Dean. Goodness me. Is it Sky? Is it on Sky? Is it the game? Uh, I assume it yes, is. Yes, I think it is, yeah. Excellent, of course it is, right. Saying that, he didn't give a yellow card. I think he refereed the Liverpool game against Burnley this weekend, just gone, and did not dish a yellow card out in the whole game. That is unlike him. And and also, um, I think Klopp's been moaning because he didn't get, uh, you know, didn't get a couple of fouls or saying that they were getting manhandled and, and, and he let them play. So, you never know. You never know. That's but, good. I uh, like yeah. That. I like it. We'll no, see. I'll, we'll I'll see. Just I'm trying to, to think of positives. The, with the United game, I think um, the, the key area for me could be midfield. Okay. Um, for two reasons. You look at it as um, probably United's weakest position. Um, they're going to play Fred. Matic, McTominay, probably two out of those three are going to play. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, if they can get, I would be tempted with Den Donker, particularly with the if, if McTominay or Matic play. Normally, one of them does play. I was going to say, the more you think about it, the more you think you just get just to just to get in a li- get, get into yeah. them a little bit that Den exactly. might be the play to go to. But, but then, if you can get Neves on the ball, I mean, he can, mm. he could run rings around those lot. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I value Neves. Way higher than any of those three Manchester United midfielders. I think he's so, way better than any all of them. So I, I, I think he could run rings and ru- really run the game from there if Wolves can get hold of the ball and, and stop them at the other end because they are very good going forward. It's amazing, isn't it, that uh, you've got you've got Spurs linked to Triori and then you play you play them at home and then you've got Nevers linked to Man United and you play them at home the two weeks before deadline day. You can't write it, can you? Yeah, cannot well, write it. Good thing but, I won't be around. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Yeah. Thanks very much for that. Uh, right, finally, uh, score prediction time, and of course, as ever, a free shirt to the people who retweet the tweet. And uh, like we've been announcing, you know, they've been a bit unlucky so far, only missing out by the odd goal. So we're going to hit a few of these this season. So you're going to be getting some some great bits of kit. Uh, so I'll go first, then you can you can do with the actual the actual scoreline that we're going to go with. So. I'm going to say that Wolves are going to wait for it. Breaking news: score a goal, <laughs> and I'm going to say it's going to be Wolves one, Manchester United one. 
Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's okay, you can say that. <laughs> okay, I'm going for it, I'm going for it. Okay, 1-1. One, one. So 1-1 one, so, one draw. and that, that, uh, That's the score it's got to be for... For the winner to, to win. For, for the excellent, I tell you all. That's why you got the job. That, that English is superb. No, that's, that's true. No, for the, the win, winner to win. No, because the winner of the draw, but they've still got to then win it with the score of the game. See, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking in 3D here. I'm thinking ahead of time. I would like to say it's because your head scrambled because it, it's 1am that we're recording this, but this is the first part of the. <laughs> even though it's the second part of the podcast and it's 3:10, but I'll let you off, mate. You've got to get yourself to where uh, to Forest. Uh, uh, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast, everyone. Thank you very much, Kino. Uh, I'll speak to you soon. Um, thank you very much for listening. Hope I know it's all been a bit disjointed and stuff this week, but we wanted to, to try and get uh, most of it filmed today and then, then a little bit tonight. So uh, fingers crossed, three points on Sunday from me, from Liam. Have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye.